Well, God bless you. Welcome to our broadcast today on the wonderful words of life where uh, we're going to be uh, continuing our studies in the first letter of Paul to the Corinthian church. You know, the psalmist says this. He says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but it's the Lord that made the heavens. Praise God. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And then Isaiah said this, concerning the Lord Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So, Heavenly Father, we just come before you now in the name of Jesus. We come boldly under the throne of grace. Father, to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. Lord Jesus, you were tempted in all points like we are, but yet without sin. And I thank you, Father, today and those within the sound of my voice. Thank you today that, Lord, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, uh, the Son of God, who ever lives to intercede for us. And that's why we know that we are not going to fail in the things of God. The church of God, amen, is not going to fail in the things of God. So, Lord, we just worship you today. We just praise you. And, Father, I just pray for everyone within the sound of my voice. Maybe they're not feeling good today. Maybe they're weak in body. Maybe they're weak in mind. Lord, I pray for them in Jesus' name. Lord, spread your healing wings over them right now. Father, uh, uh, affect a healing and a cure in their body. Lord, strengthen their minds. Strengthen their mortal bodies, Father God. Hallelujah. So that they can rise up, Lord, and, and uh, fulfill the plan and the purpose of God that you have for them. Lord, we just I just surround them with faith and with prayer right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. Now, Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit now will move upon our hearts, move upon our minds. Lord, enable us, give us understanding and discerning the things of God. Open up our eyes to see, Lord, our ears to hear and our heart to understand. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. God is good all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to start our study today, and the study is going to be on the title or the subject of He That Is Spiritual, and we're going to be in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. Now, we've been in, the, in this study now for about three weeks, and uh, we found out in chapter 1 that, uh, that Paul begins to call the church out concerning uh, problems in the church, and those problems concern envying and strife, uh, primarily division, which I guess you could say the envying and the strife is what's causing the divisions. Amen. Uh, he calls them contentions. Amen. There should never be contentions within the body of Christ. 
only brothers and sisters that are living peaceably with one another, all moving in the same direction. But you know as well as I do that as long as there are going to be different levels of spiritual understanding in the church, there's always going to have to be things that, uh, uh, that we are going to have to deal with. Uh, you know, Paul told us, he says, let everything that we say, let it be seasoned with salt. Amen. Praise God. Well, we need to have saltiness, don't we? And then in chapter two, uh, Paul then begins to differ differentiate between that which is spiritual and that which is natural. And then in chapter three, now he's going to talk about that which is carnal. So what we have here in these two chapters, chapter two and chapter three, we have the three uh, levels of human nature. There is the natural level, which cannot understand, cannot discern the spiritual things of God because the spirit of God is not in the natural man. Amen. Uh, the natural man cannot receive the things of a God because he doesn't have the impartation of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have the understanding. A carnal person is a person who has received Christ, but he's just a babe in Christ. He hasn't arisen to that place of spiritual uh, discernment yet. And then, of course, the spiritual person, that is the one that has uh, the mind of Christ. He has uh, that ability now to discern that which is good from that which is evil. So uh, we're going to be talking about that which is spiritual today uh, versus that which is carnal. So we want to go ahead uh, and we're going to really be talking about three uh, different topics today. Uh, we're going to be talking, first of all, in the first uh, part of chapter three on divisions. And then we're going to be talking about rewards. That's in the middle part of this chapter. And then the last part is going to be talking about us being uh, the temple of God. So let's go ahead and read the first uh, seven verses of First uh, Corinthians chapter three. Notice Paul writes, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk, and yet not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Paulus, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now let's, let's go through this. Let's hit some highlights here. Notice that Paul says in verses one and two that he could not speak to the church at Corinth as unto spiritual. Now the word spiritual there comes from the Greek word pneumatikos. And that, that word means things that are relating to and pertaining to the Holy Ghost, spiritual things. Amen. Spiritual things. You know, the word of God is spiritual. Praying in the spirit, that's spiritual. Uh, having the mind of Christ. Notice in uh, chapter 2 and verse 16. Well, uh, uh, let's look at verses 15 and 16. But he that is spiritual judges all things. That word judge means to discern. He discerns all things. Amen. He's able to distinguish between that which is flesh and that which is spiritual. And then he says in verse 16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. A spiritual man has the mind of Christ. 
Well, what does a carnal man have? He's carnal-minded, so he has the mind of this world. See, his mind is not renewed. And he acts just like the world acts. Amen. Thoughts, words, actions. Why is a carnal man carnal? Thoughts, words, actions. He thinks on the things of the world, then he begins to speak concerning the things of the world, and then he begins to act like the world. Envying, strife, divisions, where does all that come from? It comes from the flesh. And it begins in the mind. The mind has not been seasoned, has not been renewed by the word of God. So earthly, worldly thoughts, amen, they affect worldly words and talk and then produce worldly actions. Well, it works the same way for a spiritual man, words, thoughts, and actions. A spiritual man, he's going to be thinking on the Word of God. He's going to be meditating the Word. He's going to uh, renew his mind to the Word of God so that he's able to distinguish and to interpret that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God is. That's where his actions are going to come from. That's what his actions are going to produce. He's going to, want, he's going to walk in love. He's going to want peace. He's not going to get into strife. He's not going to get into visions. Amen. If things become so heated, he's just going to turn around and walk off. He's not going to, be, he's not going to participate in it. Amen. That's why when we start paying attention to politics and we begin listening to uh, different uh, uh, speakers on the radio or on TV, we can get so worked up that we begin to get angry, and the first thing we do is what, what, what do we do? We, we, we tweet something that we know, oh, after we tweet it, oh, I shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that. It's the words and the thoughts that are in this world that affect our actions. So what do we do? Well, we stand back. What does the Word of God have to say about this? That's what the spiritual man does. Amen. We're not going to participate in party spirits. This is what Paul says here in verse 3 and 4. I am. You say I am of Paul. I am of Paulus. I am sectarian. I follow oh, Apollos. My, my, my. There's not a teacher better than Apollos. I'm going to follow him. Well, I'm not, well if, if Paul comes, I'm not going to go to church, but I'll go to church with Apollos or with Peter. I like Peter over Paul. Paul, I like Paul over Peter. That's party spirits. And so what, is, what, is, uh, what does the apostle say? He says in verses 5 and 7, 5 through 7, who's Paul? Who's Apollos? Nobody. All they are are ministers. Comes from the Greek word diakonos. And what does that mean? That means, that means a servant, a waiter, somebody who serves. We're just waiting on God. We're just waiting, amen, to to serve you the food of the word and the water of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's all we are. We are the planters. We are the waterers. But if God doesn't give the increase, all that we have planted is of nothing. All that Apollos has watered is nothing. Amen. We mean absolutely nothing. If God grants the increase, then we're going to enjoy the fruit of the harvest. Amen. Both me and and both Apollos are going to enjoy the fruit of the harvest. But if God doesn't give the increase, amen, all of our work is done and it's all labor in vain. Isn't that what the psalmist said? Unless the Lord build a house, they that build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman watches but in vain. Amen, praise God.
So if the Lord doesn't give the increase, then planting and watering, there it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Amen, praise God. So, And that's what carnality does. It produces nothing but a bunch of envying and strife and division. Divisions. God does not work in chaos. He works in unity, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's what we work towards. Amen. All right, now the second section, verses 8 through 15, let's go ahead and read it. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. We are laborers together with God. We, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Amen. Now notice Paul is saying that everyone is going to be rewarded according to his own labor. And then Paul says this in verse 9, he says, we're workers together with God. In other words, we're partners with God. Amen. God is the, if God is the chief partner and we're working with him. Matter of fact, we're working for him. We're working under him. Who's, amen, the husband? The Lord's the husband. And who works for the husband? Those that plant and those that water. That's what we are. We're servants. That's all we are. Amen. It's before God that we stand or fall. Amen. And where are we working? We're working in God's cultivated field. You think about the church that you're a member of. You know whose field that is? It's not yours. It's certainly not the pastor's. It's God's field. If God raised that church up, amen, it belongs to him. Doesn't belong to you. Doesn't belong to me. Doesn't belong to the pastor. It belongs to God. Hallelujah. Now, Listen to what Paul says here in verse 10. He says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Amen. A wise master builder. That comes from the Greek word architecton. It's where we get the word architect from. What Paul is saying, I'm the chief architect on this church. I'm the one that laid the foundation. But now others are building on this foundation. But now notice what he says. But now take heed, take heed. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. And this is where the reward for labor comes in. And then Paul talks about two types of material. Durable material. That's material that's made out of gold, silver, precious jewels. And then he talks about perishable material. That's the wood, the hay, and the stubble. And so the main point is this, that every work 
of man. Your work, my work, your pastor's work, the church's work, every man's work is going to be tried by fire to, to distinguish, differentiate between that which is durable and that which is perishable. Amen. Now, if any man, this is verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. That's the day of judgment. Amen. That, you know, that happens down here on earth. That doesn't necessarily is going to happen in heaven. Of course, amen, it is going to happen in heaven, but there's a lot of works that are judged and passed through the fire down here on earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what. Oh, I stepped in it today. Amen. There's a lot of people starting out in the ministry. You know what? They're backslidden today. They're not even in the ministry today. Why? Because they tried to build that spiritual house using wood, hay, and stubble. And the wind came along. Remember that parable that Jesus gave about the one that built his house upon the sand? And the wind blew and the rains came and, and uh, the house fell. But now there was another man that built his house upon the rock. He dug deep and laid his foundation on the rock. And when the same wind came, the same floods came, that house continued to stand. Why? Because he built his house upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, him and him alone. And then his spiritual house he built, he built it upon the word of God. I want to ask you today, what are you building your house on? Are you building it on church? Or are you building it on church membership? Are you building it on good works? Or are you building your house on the word of God? Has the foundation of Jesus Christ been laid in your life? Listen, I know what I'm talking about. The first 10 years of my Christian experience, you know what I built it on? Emotionalism. How high I could jump. How many pews I could run. How I could dance. Amen. And most of that, and most of what I did, God was not in it. And then after 10 years, I made this decision, Lord, I'm tearing down this house, tearing it down to the foundation. And back then I didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't know about first Corinthians chapter three. He said, I'm going to build my house again, but this time I'm going to build it on the word of God and I'm going to build it on prayer. Amen. So what happens? Through the grace of God, through the grace of God, understand this now, through the grace of God, amen, if we build our house, the foundation which is Christ, if we build our house upon this foundation on the word of God and prayer, it's going to be built a spiritual house. Amen. And that's what Paul is saying here. He says, if any man's work abide which he hath built upon he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I tell you what, we, we just read over verse 15 and we just don't take the time to study it. I'm telling you today, praise God. Notice what Paul said. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Everything that was our own will, our own calling, determined to do things our own way. All that's going to be burned up. Everything that is not of the pneumatikos, that is not of and relating to the Holy Ghost, is what? Is wood, hay, and stubble, and it's going to be burned. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Burned down to the foundation. 
But that's not going to burn up the foundation. Notice what Paul said. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You know what that says to me? Brother and sister, if you're born again, amen, if the foundation of Christ has been laid in your life, glory be to God, you are made of durable materials. Praise God. And you will pass through the fire, but you will not be burned up. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you don't have to be afraid of that. But now I'm telling you, we need to get out of carnal way of thinking, a carnal way of speaking, and a carnal way of acting. And we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. God would have us to do that. And if we don't do that, we're going to be like the Corinthian church that many are weak and sickly among us and many have died prematurely. Paul said this, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But if we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord so that we will not be condemned with the world. If we don't judge ourselves, God will judge us in this life so that he will not have to judge us in the life to come. Now that's... That's good preaching, brother and sister. That's good preaching. That's preaching for you, but it's preaching for me too. Amen. We need to keep ourselves, hallelujah, to make sure that we get a good reward. Now, the last section, verses uh, 16 through 23, Paul's talking about how that we are the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in us individually as believers and corporately as a church. Now, Paul said this, if any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy. He's talking about people that are out to destroy the church because of their own selfish pride, false teachers that want to gain a following. They want to start getting offerings, so they're going to start pulling people out of the church. Oh, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be many a minister of God, many a deacon and elder in the church that are going to stand before God and have to give an account Amen, for what they did to God's work. Oh, I'm telling you what, we need to take heed unto ourselves and unto the doctrine. Amen, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And then Paul gives an exhortation to those that are causing trouble in the church. Listen to this. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. There is human wisdom that people are trying to govern the church with. And it's all vanity. You know how God wants us to govern the church? He wants us to govern the church by the word of God and by the spirit of God. Amen. We have a bunch of leaders in the church. All they are is worldly men. The church that I was a member of years ago, they were looking for somebody to sit, sit on the church commission. And you know who they picked? They picked a banker that was barely saved because he was a banker. And there was people in that congregation that were praying in the Holy Ghost every day that were spiritual men, spiritual women, built up, knew the Word of God, amen, had the Spirit of God operating and working on the inside of them that they passed over because this man was a banker. That's worldly wisdom. 
Oh, well, he's a banker. He's a professional man. Well, we need to get him in on the business of the church. Why do you need somebody that's in worldly business, amen, putting him on the board uh, to take care of the business of the church? You can't bring worldly customs and knowledge that we've learned in the business world and bring it in the church. Now, some of it will benefit the church if you've gained wisdom by it. Amen. But the business world is not to be incorporated into the church world in order to build the church up. God builds the church through the word of God and through the spirit of God and through spiritual people. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I don't care if I am preaching. It's the same anyhow. Amen. And then he says this in verses 21 and 22. We're going to end right here. Therefore, let no man glory in men. That's what carnality is. It's men glorying in men. It's men glorying in themselves. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, you know, that brother so-and-so, he's the best teacher I've ever heard. That's the best sermon. I." You know what that is? That's nothing but a bunch of carnality. That preacher cannot do anything if God didn't anoint that message. Any preacher can put the best sermon in the world down on paper, but if the Spirit of God doesn't anoint it and carry it into the hearts of the people, it is nothing but paper to be thrown in the trash can or to be burned on the burn pile. That's all it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Let Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God. Now, verse 22, what in the world is Paul talking about? He's talking about the church. The church has inherited all these things. Paul, Apollos, Cephas, they're all just servants to the church. And what is the church called to do? The church is called to dominate the world, Life, death, things present, things to come. We've got a future, folks. Oh, I tell you what, our future's bright. Amen. But you know what we are? We belong to Christ. He's our Lord and Master. And you know who Christ belongs to? God. Amen. So we, we are laborers together with God, with Christ, with God the Father. Amen. And what are we working towards? We're working towards getting men into the kingdom of God. And I want to ask you today, are you in the kingdom of God? Do you know Jesus as your savior? Are you born again? Let me tell you what the word says. And we're closed with this in John chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking. He says, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And the father has given them and I have given them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. The Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Oh, I'm telling you, brother, sister, you're made of durable material. Make the most of it. Make the most of it. And thought in word and action, do everything. And in every situation and circumstance, say this, say this to yourself. What does the word of God have to say? Let's not be carnal. Let's be spiritual. Let's add to the church and not take away from it. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy today. We trust in the living God. We trust in him 
who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. Father, you are our Savior. You alone are wise, and Lord, you give those wisdom that ask for it. Be glory to you, Father, in majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.